0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very sunny... We're drunk and we know things. It is hot. It's it hot. It is hot. Uh, We're in the beer garden, our favourite beer garden in yeah. the Prince of Wales. Yeah. Home away from home. Regular listeners of the podcast may be mistaken for thinking there are only two pubs in Jersey. <laughs> Three. <laughs> yeah. uh, there yeah. are actually quite a lot, uh, but you don't go into most of them unless you want to get stabbed. And
1: not, it's nice there, isn't it? Yes, lovely. Sunny,
0: flowers. Not much breeze. It's true. So if we keel over halfway through...
1: Just we'll come to eventually. Just yeah, keep just, hitting that forward fifteen seconds thing until you hear a voice, even if it's an EMT.
0: <laughs> this month we've got another movie, uh, another deep dive, that's vaguely related to the movie. Super related. Uh, uh, super related. It's kind of. I'd say par. the relation is
1: gargantuan.
0: <sighs> oh. And okay. with that massive spoiler, <laughs> this month on We're Drunk We Know Things, the movie is Interstellar. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things.
1: In Stella, I never know how to start. Do it, do it different every time. It's weird, isn't it? But I've been doing this two years.
0: Well, no, you do it exactly the same every time. You say so, the name of the film. I tried
1: to not say so. Because then they can tell when it's an edit point, because we say so. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Interstellar. Instella. Instella. Made in 2014, directed by Christopher Nolan. D- by who? <laughs> Christopher Nolan, Christopher wait, shit! Have I already fallen the first hurdle? Oh my god, this was directed by who? Yeah, Christopher Christopher Nolan, who I refer to as CN from now on. Ireland. Okay, I'll call him Chris. Little Chris. Chrissy Bruce. Um, he directed it in 2014. What's it about, Rob?
0: Uh, it is about the end of the world. And, and Batman. It's not about Batman. Well, I right, think that's, one. I, think that's you, one. I think you'll find that <laughs> you I'll, have you, three strikes, Mike, and then you're out of this podcast if this, you insist on referencing. A bit,
1: and we're going to make it about the b man.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Right. So, end of it. the
0: world. Uh, <laughs> the the Earth has turned uh, on humanity. It has dust bowl type business. Dust, what yeah. is it?
1: blight. All crops are dying. There's been some kind of kind of not really sketched out nuclear war of some variety.
0: I don't know if there has.
1: Yeah, they talk about how NASA. Um, refused to rain um, atomic bombs down on starving people in other countries and that's why NASA was shut down.
0: Yeah that was effectively, the world food supply dries up because agriculture grinds to a halt. Yes. Actually quite potentially prescient. (laughs) Yes indeed. But anyway, uh, and we are introduced to a family, Coop, the Coopers. the two kids. Two kids and a grandpa. He's an ex-test pilot slash engineer slash. She was an ex-American badass. Navy test pilot, so NASA test pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, he He's now a farmer because <laughs> uh, He is now farming. He hates it. Uh, yeah. His speciality is he builds automated. We used to
1: look up to the stars. Now we look down in the dirt. That's a great line. It's a great line. He builds aut-
0: automated wrong. film machinery, uh, yeah. and he has two kids. One of whom is not very bright. It's true. Uh, and the other well, he's, one is very, very right so,
1: By the way, that's Timothy um, What's his face? Chalamet Timothy uh. Chalamet, who was in um, Call Me By Your Name uh. Who is about to be one of the biggest stars in the whole universe He's in Dune, he's the main character He's Cole McLaughlin's oh. character from In the new Dune The new Dennis Villeneuve um, And it's amazing because as a young boy That character talks like this And it's James Chalamet, and then it cuts to Casey Affleck and He's like, hello! Because famously, when you become a man, your voice goes up Six or seven octaves <laughs> Anyway, we'll come to that.
0: Uh, also has a daughter, Murph, yes. um, who's played by the same actress who played May in the Twilight series. Sure. And also Jessica Chastain. Later on. In a, arguably, secretly,
1: maybe her best role? Mm. There's a lot of secretly their i not know. this. This might be secretly matching. I watched The Martian
0: role. last night. Is she in that? Yeah, she is. Is she really? <laughs> it's a real, like, uh. oh my god. Uh, anyway. anyway. So, um. So he's Murph, a farmer,
1: he hates it. They get a drone, the drone Murph learns.
0: believes that the drones are relevant. Uh, Murph the believes that there happens. is a ghost in her bedroom. Would you say the that these, this is not the drone you're looking for? <laughs> these are not. <laughs> the, it was a the drone they were looking for. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, Murph believes there is a ghost in the study, mm. uh, in her bedroom. And, and he after says, a sandstorm, you need
1: to approach it like science. You need to document your findings, yes, uh, and then present a conclusion, and then we can talk about. We whether really a ghost.
0: need to pick up the pace because we're like ten minutes into the movie at this and it's point. Three now, it's three hours. Three long. hours
1: long. So basically, they find some. Um, the ghost gives some coordinates. Arranges
0: some dust on the floor in a way that is in fact binary. They because translate c- it and it comes out to be longlat coordinates. Yeah. yeah. Which they follow.
1: Which feeds them to secret NASA.
0: It leads them to NORAD.
1: Yeah, NORAD, but it's, which is housing, secret NASA. Yeah,
0: And it's... Um, which Coop doesn't get, despite the fact that in that scene, there, there is, is a NASA giant NASA flag <laughs> in the corner.
1: My wife pointed that out. She was like, How thick? like he's meant to be super <laughs> smart. Pretty it's clearly dumb. an enormous... Pictures of astronauts all on the wall.
0: But <laughs> NASA... And bear in mind, the world has kind of re-educated itself, kind of uh, so New say, Thought style.
1: They say she gets in trouble because like she's got a textbook about the Apollo landings, and yeah. they say it never happened, it was all a propaganda thing. Um, so, like, what's interesting is, to, to give you a, a, a sense of when it's actually set, John Lithgow is meant to be our generation. Yes. So John Lithgow is his wife's dad, yep. or their grandfather. He's meant to be us, essentially. Um, so, yeah, so they're teaching kids um, not to look up, essentially, not to think about exploration because they need to focus on farming and agriculture and that kind of stuff. So rather than... Which
0: is beautifully short-sighted. Yeah, you know, it's, and again, you know, I love it. slightly protean.
1: Because... I, I love that because you said that thing about one of those machines they used to make is an MRI machine which would have caught my wife's my cancer life. Oh, oh. Um, because like the MRI machine is famously built on technology that was developed from the original yes, Apollo yes, missions like it, or I, 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 you do but we're not do, just did doing you this know for that? us we did do an episode about it <laughs> anyway right, so, yeah, so they're like you should fly the last mission because you're going to save the world man this is A. back to NASA and yeah, they're it. like
0: we have Michael uh, so, do a not couple of projects. Uh, one of I them have. requires that we solve a ridiculously hard equation that's basically the problem of gravity. It, it's kind of like uh, the ultimate conjugation of the two yeah. physical words: special relativity, quantum yeah, mechanics, yeah. which is called something, and I can't remember what it's called. The um... no, it literally has Honda a name. It's really Bango famous. The method. <laughs> it, it, not Scooby. It's the joined-up theory of everything. Right. There we go. The joined-up theory of uh, everything. So good. they're going to carry on working on that, Yeah. but meanwhile they have discovered just off the uh, elbow Saturn, Saturn. Yes. a wormhole.
1: Yes, which, as they say in the film, wormholes don't exist naturally. Somebody had to put it there. Sure. Okay, fine. Whatevs. Whatevs.
0: Um, uh, so they have like, sent probes through the wormhole. Yeah. The probes um, have gone through to a system and discovered that there are twelve. There are twelve
1: potential planets that they can live on. Three yeah. of them look like the best bets, so they sent people to the three to see if they were good. They were getting the thumbs up symbol sing, signal from three of them to say yeah. this is a great planet. So they've got to go and investigate. Check it is. Come back through the wormhole by which time Michael 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 Gravity Michael Kane. Michael Gravitas. Michael Kane will have solved the problem of gravity, as he calls it, and then they can fly all the human race up in big old spaceships and save everyone. It'll be good stuff. Plan B is they've got a shitload of fertilized eggs. Uh, Five thousand or something, both for those eggs, and the plan B is And a
0: really kinky key part of the plan for all <laughs> yeah. of those people who set come out of the eggs. A,
1: set up a uh, colony and then grow a load more humans so that humanity doesn't become extinct.
0: But everybody on the earth would die, including Coop's family. Yes, indeed. Cut to now. Um, very
1: important. It's very important to mention that every single person involved in the mission is like. Got no family, got no got no ties, so they're all quite clinical. Well uh, apart from Manhattan, whose dad is well, yeah, indeed, Michael Caine. Indeed, but she's still quite meant to be quite detached, which is the big character piece of her. But Coop is like Coop's got love in his heart.
0: And as it's we find right. out, love yep, is the only on.
1: force as strong as gravity.
0: Yeah, except it's not that's a bullshit scene. Wing, shut up? Uh, <laughs> moving on, they save us from yes. the presumably six month montage yeah. of him relearning how to fly. Sure. And that
1: scene where he's saying goodbye to Murph, and then he, he, they have the argument, and he's driving away, and there's a shot of him crying, with there's the sound of him driving and crying. There's the music swelling over the top, and there's the audio of the countdown. We'll talk about the sound making in this yeah. film, which is insane how good it is. It's definitely Hans Zimmer's best score. Um, that scene is so good. That is the first time I cry during this film. Oh, I cry. A lot. I've watched this film three times this week, and I have cried at the same parts, like like a blubbering You've big got old no toddler tears. A and big toddler It's really bad. <laughs> it's really this film. I don't know what it is. It, it hits me in a place. I don't know why.
0: So anyway, so he goes off to space. Uh, they take off. There they is a beautiful uh, homage to 2001, yes. where they dock with the spinning spaceship yes. of doom.
1: All of that we'll come to. With that, we'll talk about the production yep. of that. But that's and all miniatures and back, back projections. Mm-hmm. Incredible.
0: Uh, and off they go uh, They go into, they go into big The big Because They, they, they Saturn, go down for the big nap Saturn is four Six months away Six months away Yeah I thought it was longer than that Anyway um, So they Go six for a
1: Saturn They go But they realise That when they get through The wormhole They realise that the planets One of the planets That they need to go and visit Is much nearer The event horizon Of the black hole Which means timey So the entire solar system
0: Is and will draw a veil As to how they get heat Yeah my first big problem with this movie um, but the entire solar system is actually orbiting a mm. standard planetary black hole Yep, which they call gargantuan it's a rotating black hole isn't it? they're all rotating dude
1: no I thought there were I thought there was supermassive stationary and rotating Every, everything spins okay well that's why it's in a the sphere. universe that's everything spins that's why it's a sphere basically I mean you're the, spinning yeah. right now I am um, my head is spinning i in the whirlpool making it spin that's not a thing um, no but
0: we know what the outro music is going to be <laughs>
1: We've officially had the first move it along finger wag from the producer.
0: Unrightly so. I two, think. But
1: two years in, he's still not realised he. So they have. They realise they get there. They <laughs> no, can you're visit. Wrong,
0: bro. They can visit <laughs> three planets, and the first uh, and most. Uh, the closest to them yeah, yeah. is very, very close to yeah. the event horizon of so the black hole. So seven years for every hour they're on the planet. And yes, introducing special relativistic time dilation. Yes. Uh, and every hour they spend on the planet, because of the increased gravity, will yeah. be seven years in normal time. So they're like, in, normal out, time. in
1: out, put the kettle on. They That's work the out a
0: plan where they can get in and out.
1: And, and have the way fucks about of course and gets Wes Bentley kills What I love about Wes Bentley is he used to be like proper, Wes, you know, proper like famous. And then when he's in stuff now, you're like, so where's Bentley? Like, at the end of Mission Impossible. So was Bentley? He was just in it for ten minutes. Anyway, so he, he gets killed. Hathaway is like... Well, ah, then, hang on, they go down sorry. to the planet.
0: And I think this is a little bit dumb because they don't planet. have any kind of inspection facility. Because you think, if you've got <laughs> no, waves no, yeah. that are as high as the Empire yeah. State Building, yeah, I know. you're probably going to be able to see them from uh, orbit. And my favourite thing just is, uh,
1: look at those mountains. Like, mountains don't look the same as waves, guys. Oh,
0: on the horizon, <laughs> they kind of do...
1: Well,
0: eh. uh, also nobody expects a wave that big. It's true. But unless so you thought, oh, we're on a planet that's subject to massive <laughs> gravitational forces. So there's a big old
1: wave, and they really managed to, they managed to surf it essentially in the Ranger, and uh, but it waterlogs the engine, so they're stuck there for what is initially forty five minutes. He says to an hour, and then they have a ninety second conversation, and then the water the, the engine's drained. Yep.
0: Whatever Well they have to do They force drain them that's Which my, also occurs to me one, Why didn't they do that The first time My
1: one mm. criticism Of Christopher Nolan As a director For a man so obsessed With time And non-linear storytelling He's not very good uh, At like conveying um, The passage yeah. of time Like Dark Knight Rises Gotham City's meant to be like
0: <clears throat> Occupied
1: for like a year Two Mike and That's it's, two it's fine.
0: You've only got one left
1: oh, I thought I was allowed 15 No you're allowed <laughs> <out> three Let's <laughs> oh, bump
0: Three um, nights and you're out
1: Three uh, <laughs> nights. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's a giant wave, waterlogged. So they stuck on the planet. So it cost them time, and it costs them twenty-three years yeah. Earth time.
0: So now so they're so ten-year-old they daughter. To bust off. Yeah. They go back to the ship whose name I can't remember. With the old man. I've only watched this once. That and the crew member they'd left there has been, yeah. it's been 23 years.
1: He went down for a few sleeps, but he didn't want to sleep away his life because he didn't think they were coming back. Yeah, and
0: he's been studying black hole and physics he's and learned, what have you. So he's, he's like, like a The smartest person yeah, yeah, yeah. in the entire absolutely, universe. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately they also get 23 years worth of communication. And they,
1: he said that they can't get anything, they can't transmit back to tell them that they're alive. Yes. So he Coop sits down, second time Arguably the worst time for crying for
0: Mike times. Because he watches his entire family. He watches like grow up. His son grow up. He watches his son married, grow up, get married, have, a, have child. a kid, lose a kid. The
1: child dies, yeah, then the granddad dies, and then it all goes to black and Murph has never sent him a message. Because she's so angry. Because she's so angry, but then it fades to black and then it there's a message from her saying she calls him you son of a bitch. Yeah. and it says about like you know you ever come You back? said
0: you'd be back by when the time same, that the I age. might you might be I might be your age by the time you come back that's well arguably the big, it's my birthday that's the biggest Aww.
1: that's the biggest ask of this film to think that Jessica Chastain and Matthew McConaughey are meant to be the same age in that scene and then incredible transition it then as the message ends it cuts to Jessica Chastain as an adult and then we've got a bit of her story Good Lord, this film is long as shit, isn't it? Yeah,
0: so she's working with Michael Caine on yeah. the amazing theory that we're getting them into and space. And Thomas
1: rather than doing anything.
0: Yeah, apparently become... <laughs> <laughs> it's his go-to. He
1: just knows the one bit. Yeah. <laughs> Do not go gentle. All
0: right. <laughs> All right. Come on, Mike. Did my uh, father
1: know? Do not go gentle. No, answer your question. He dies.
0: Tea or coffee? Do not go gentle. <laughs> uh, he yeah. does die, but not before... There is a meeting. little realization that she suspects, Murph suspects, uh, and he confirms that actually he's got no clue how Plan to solve a this problem. Plan A was never a
1: thing, it was just to yeah. give people hope. Plan B is the only option. In the meantime, in space, meanwhile, in Meanwhile, space, on the other side of the wormhole. Um, they find Matt Damon.
0: They go to. They have to make a choice between the second and the third planet. The third planet contains uh, uh, the woman, Anne Hathaway's the, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: she gives and then a very contrived the speech, about about
0: speech about the fact that love is the only now, force other than gravity that binds them I, I
1: don't, I don't mind when the love that. permeates dimensions and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't mind that, but yeah. I don't mind it as a theme. But she just, it feels like um, I couldn't work out how to put this thematically into the film. So I'm a screenwriter, and I'm just going to get a character to say it. Yeah. It just is the one part of the film which was a bit sweaty. I think
0: with The Best win in the World, and Hathaway did a lot of prep for this, which mm. we will no doubt come back to. Well, she got that haircut. Uh, she <laughs> she does not have the gravitas to pull off that scene. No. There are very few actresses Thankfully, in the world. Thankfully,
1: McConaughey has got the gravitas of a black hole, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so instead stressful. of going
0: to pick, rescue her boyfriend, they go to collect Matt Damon, Matt Damon. who is the original lead scientist. He's been giving them a thumbs up. Yep. They land on the planet. It's an ice world. It's but he says there's, there's, a pl- there's,
1: there's, a, there's a surface under yep. the ice. Which, you know, there's a surface under the ice. I, but I built my lab and home up here where it's really inhospitable and there's ammonia in the air. But if you go down but there, If you go down, down there, there is a place. Yeah, it's like a park. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, sure. Okay, Matt Hi. Damon. Matt Damon. Um, so been there for two years. that
0: he's been there for... Two years, he two and then,
1: years. He's been there for two years, and then he's been down for the big nap. And yeah. he didn't set an end date for his nap, because he was like, I'm too lonely. Yeah. He goes to show Coop the secret magical place on the surface. It turns out that it's all bullshit. He tries to kill Coop to take the ship to go back.
0: Well, he tries to kill Coop. He does take the ship. He does take the ship. Um, he maroons them. It turns out, yeah, it was all BS, and he put the thumbs up, because he was lonely. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. You then get... Probably the most amazing tense sequence, oh. where because they're in the other ship. I'm Nauseating. not entirely sure where that came from.
1: It's the Traveller. It's joined to the. Uh, okay. Endurance.
0: Uh, so all of a sudden they have two ships. Uh, yeah. Would have been quite useful when they were doing the whole black, the whole water planet thing <laughs> to have used <laughs> yeah, both indeed. of those. But anyway,
1: which the robots can fly, by the way.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, Matt Damon's character attempts to dock with the main ship. But doesn't know how to do it because it's technology that was developed after he's been gone for 10 years. And somewhat annoying, this is another point, is Hmm. so desperate to get back on the ship that as a scientist, he doesn't understand what happens if you uncleanly dock two spacecraft
1: with an airlock airlock and then open
0: the inner door.
1: I think he does understand that, but he's basically been driven half mad by loneliness.
0: I think he has, yeah. He's he's, he's definitely insane in the membrane. I don't think that
1: doesn't feel too contrived for me that bit because it feels like he's so he's like rambling and he's given that monologue and he says there is a moment and then everything blows up so he
0: blows up half of the ship
1: and then Coop does the coolest thing in the whole world by spinning their ship you then get the
0: coolest moment (laughs) where he matches the spin of the lander with the spin of the main ship and they're pulling what like yeah 8G? yeah yeah so Anna Hathaway, uh, passes, Anna Hathaway out, passes out her arm goes up he's there, ready so cool. to pass out and they yeah. finally manage to dock and then use the retros on the ship to slow it all down it's so like this is proper d- d- space d- d- just, as
1: a, just a very quick aside somebody was saying to invite me, me to inst- about Instella last week and they were saying um is that the one where Matt damon flies up in a spaceship and then it all blows up but they have to save it and they go to save Matt damon but he flies up in a ship and everything blows up and i said no no that's a martian he's on the planet they need to go and save him, but they can't, so he flies up to the spaceship, but then it blows up, and like, yeah, no, but that's The Martian. No, that's Interstellar. And I was like, no, that's The Martian. And I realised there were two films that came out, one after the other, where Matt Damon, it's exactly the same Matt situation. Matt Damon and... Yeah, 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 of course. Um, it's very funny, it's very funny. So anyway, so Matt Damon gets <laughs> killed. Thank uh, God. Thank God, because he was a real annoying. D-bag.
0: But they realise they... No longer have enough fuel, enough fuel...
1: ...to get to the third planet. ...to get to the third
0: planet, so...
1: They slingshot around the black hole... But then something's got to be left behind, Newton's third. So no, they fire on. TARS into the singularity they to gather as much data. They fire TARS
0: into the singularity because Murph has realised, and independently they have realised, that the only solution to plan A is to get data from the singularity, the, the, data of the singularity inside the black hole. Yeah, yeah. Convenient. Sure. But fine. This is a film. <laughs> um, and that's that, they that, decide that that's they my can actually to attempt to... your problems to, with this film. It's a film. Despite <laughs> all of the, you know, the science that says otherwise, they can yeah. attempt to skim one of the robots at speed, yeah. and he just dips below the event horizon and comes yeah. out. That's not how event horizons work, but never mind.
1: Kip Thorne told him it was. No, the, it, that end bit, Kip Thorne was like, just do whatever you want. Nobody yeah.
0: really knows, so just do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the trouble is, uh, he's trying to send Hathaway to the third planet,
1: and he needs to And they need he to shed mass yeah. So he sheds himself
0: So in the end He ends up flushing himself Down the hole He
1: does He does In a real beautiful way. And then moment. it
0: all goes A little bit 2001 space, You lied to me
1: 90% So good
0: uh,
1: I think it's better than 2001 At which point No I don't. No, yeah. I don't no I don't No I don't I want that on record I said that as a joke I do not I think, think it's better than I think the end
0: of it Is better than 2001 I don't think the beginning of it Is anywhere near mm.
1: Anyway, so he's now in the singularity, and the fifth-dimensional beings that put the... cards sound sounds so dumb when you say it like this. The fifth-dimensional beings that put the, 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 the wormhole there create a tesseract, which is a three-dimensional... Four four-dimensional four cube. Dimensional con, a a four-dimensional cube, which is a construct of every single moment inside Merv's bedroom. So it turns out that he's the ghost, he's the one doing the books, and he did the Morse code and everything else. Oh my god. And he... And he
0: programs his watch
1: <laughs> he gets, to just tap out. He gets this most complicated like physics equation in the history of humanity and sends it to her via Morse code on the second hand of a watch.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck and that, she groks it. <laughs> She's uh, like, I'm a super genius. He gets flushed again.
1: Yeah. And then suddenly he comes to, and he's by Saturn again but it's 53 because it costs them 53 years when they're slingshotting around the, the yeah the, uh, it's an hole.
0: amazing throwaway given the amount of effort they put into um, the exposition around oh well this will cost us seven seven years yeah, for yeah. every hour and what have you and as they do the slingshot it's, I think one of them just shouts at well that little manoeuvre just cost us 53 yeah, years yeah you look
1: great for a 120 year old and all geez. that stuff yeah yeah uh, anyway he so gets picked
0: up he gets picked up by hour, like the Battlestar so ships that are flying around because because it turns out that Murph worked out the second hand yeah, has solved humanity. the Grand Unified Theory. Thank that's you, the one, that's, that's, that's what that's I was grogging for. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, and he's landed on Coop Station and he says, I love that moment when he says, uh, it's really nice how they named the place after me and they both laugh and they're like, no, it's named after your daughter. You remember the one that saved humanity?
0: <laughs> and basically they have built giant tube ships. Yes. Uh, which contained a full ecosystem. There's the amazing still- moment with the baseball game.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's still not happy because, you know, he, he's still he's still sitting outside on the porch with Tars, sitting outside that porch of his farm, drinking a beer, which is which he never wanted to do. So he goes and sees Murph, who is now played by Ellen Burstyn, who is an old lady, uh, and she's surrounded by, like, three generations of family. He realises he is literally a man out of time. So goes and steals one of the spaceships which are across between the Battlestar Galactica and the Ranger that he's flying before
0: and goes to, to go to fight. back through the wormhole <coughs> to find mean? Anne Hathaway who brass. we see is setting up a camp on the planet yeah. and the entire time spent between them is literally like a, it's been an hour since yeah, he let yeah, her yeah, go yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it ends Fade to Black roll credit
1: Mike's just like snorting big toddler tears crying so much his wife is looking at him like Jesus you pathetic piece of shit <laughs> it's a real it's a whole thing it's a whole thing so let's talk about the production Right. it cost 165 million dollars to make which is 10 million dollars than they actually gave him so he came in 10 million under budget um that works out Does as he nine you get to keep that <laughs> no i don't think so well we'll come to all the Surely things you he gets just to
0: buy keep. a shit ton of like watches and like ferraris and stuff i think Chris he's probably
1: to got enough apparently he got 15 million dollars for this movie so 50 15 yeah. you got to pay 15 million dollars for what is the most masturbatory Nolan Brothers film there ever has been. It's it is
0: Nolan Brothers. Yes, indeed. The so, screenplay yeah. was so by. We'll,
1: we'll come to that. Oh, so, well come on, then. Uh, it's $10 million. under. It works out as $976, $331 per minute. Um, it made $700 million. That's not bad. Which is a big old chunk of change. So it's based on a story treatment by uh, Kip Thorne, the theoretical th- physicist. Yes. And Lim- Linda Obstu is a movie producer who produced weird stuff like Flashdance, Sleepless in Seattle... The Siege. Um, oh, I love that movie. It's about internment camps. It uh, is. Starring, yeah, not, uh, not
0: at all the famous individual. Yeah, indeed. Not uh, done the, anything the Invention of
1: Lying, the terrible Riggage of Ace film. Anyway. And then randomly uh, also, hilariously, she and Kip used to date
0: yes, very so, early on.
1: So the reason that they met is that Carl Sagan set them up yes. on a blind date. Yes. Which is <laughs> like the most inside baseball science geek thing in the whole world it's very funny so they were dating so they made a story treatment together um, I think Kip had, Kip had worked on he was a physics consult on contact and on sunshine as well yeah. funny enough but con- contact is essentially contact involves black holes which is similar similar theor- theories around how she, how she travels through space and time is similar to kind of similar to what Interstellar is. But anyway, so he worked on that. He also did Sunshine, which is why, because, you know, they, they want, the sun. And they all that they and wanted
0: to make a movie yeah. where the science was mostly right.
1: Yes, so they went to Steven Spielberg. And Steven Spielberg said, that sounds amazing, yeah. let's make this movie. Let's I'm going it. to direct it, motherfuckers. Then he um, signed on Jonathan Nolan, Uh, screenwriter extraordinaire, brother of Christopher Nolan. (laughs) That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, But no, uh, Christopher Nolan's brother. And then when Spielberg moved his DreamWorks studio uh, to Disney from Paramount, he essentially had to leave the film behind. Jonathan Nolan said, Oh, I know this bloke. (laughs) I see him all the time. This young and -and up-and-coming film director. He's a bit of a cock. (laughs) (laughs) This young, coming up and film director. His name's Christopher Nolan. So he rewrote the script... Well, significantly, wrote the back half of the script, so everything in space he significantly rewrote. But much of the first half is very is uh, still like the Spielbergian version, which I think feels quite true. It's all the all the family yeah. stuff feels very Nolan doing Spielberg. I mean,
0: they're not on bikes, but they're not far. Off.
1: Absentee father, all that kind of stuff. You know, it feels very Spielbergian. Um, so Kip, Kip Thorne, when they were doing the movie, laid down two rules, which was nothing that sh- nothing should violate the laws of physics. Everything when as are every, known. Everything, once they enter the black hole, by the way, is just go buck wild, nobody well, no, knows. Well, no, because nobody knows what happens yeah, if yeah. you go into so, a black hole, so, so there are no, no laws. Nothing violates the laws of physics, and any speculation about what happens should be based in science, not the imagination of the screenwriter. So there has to be at least a theoretical foundation for the things that they do. Chris Nolan said, that's absolutely fine, but as long as it doesn't get in the way of me being able to tell
0: this story and it's not 17 hours long. They agreed to disagree <laughs> yeah. and made the movie anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So Kip Thorne actually spent two weeks convincing uh, Chris Malone to remove a scene where the characters move faster than light, and he was just like, no, you can't, they can't, no, they can't. So, no, no, it's fine. Nothing does that. And he's like, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. So yeah. So um, Chris Malone spent an awful lot of time at NASA and SpaceX observing the R&D and their actual operation, and Jonathan Nolan actually went to the California Institute of Technology and did a degree um, in relativity. (laughs) <laughs> now that is commitment to writing a script. Sorry,
0: so they have a whole degree in just relativity. Well,
1: you did a degree in physics, I should say. Then, Yeah, you did a degree in yeah, physics. Nice. So, anyway, so um, interestingly, that's why if you watch like this in The Martian, which came out at the same kind of time, a lot of the designs are much of a muchness because they're drawn on the reality of what NASA said, well, this is what we think we could do kind of thing, um, which is why it looks quite similar I do think it's probably a bit of a nod to the Martian that Matt Damon's spacesuit has the orange accents. His suit looks more like the Martian ones than everybody else's, but whatever,
0: whatever. Um, I thought it was just to make him look like a baddie.
1: Sure. He looks quite swole in that film, though. Don't you think he looks quite hench in in comparison to Matt Matt McConaughey? Um, The interviews at the beginning of the movie about the Blight and about the Dust Bowl are actually, other than Ellen Burstyn, obviously, who's the first interview, and then obviously Old Murph, those interviews are real interviews from a Ken Burns documentary about the dust bowl in 1930s in America. So he saw the, saw the uh, documentary and wanted to write it into the script, but said to Ken Burns, can I just lift these out of your, of your documentary and use them, which is really good because they don't feel like actors, which has slightly the opposite effect for Ellen Burstyn, where she sticks like a sore thumb because she is an actress. But I, I, I really, really like that. I really, really like. that. I love the whole conceit of the dust, the dust. I really, really like that. Um, casting was incredibly straightforward um, McConaughey um, he'd seen him in mud at the beginning of the *McConnaissance* or whatever you want to call it um, so he just said he went to visit him on the set of Truth, True Detective and said do you want to be in this film and Matthew McConaughey was like yeah and then he phoned up Anne Hathaway or his agent did and said you should come to Chris Nolan's house and read the script so she did and then she was in it um, Matt Damon they actually announced his casting in an unspecified role and then everybody forgot um, but he just did it because he wanted to work with Nolan. He just wanted to spend some time on set with him to get some... Which is fair. I mean, I understand that. Um, well, that's why
0: I was in it. But
1: there's no... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you can't spot him. But the guy that plays... Uh, really, Carrier number 3. I think he's called the Really. Um, the, 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 the black scientist on the, on the spaceship. Yeah, yeah. He is in The Dark Knight's. Yes, um, but I as will a bit let part, you have that. as skinny
0: prisoner but, number that one, that is not a strike. So ap- that is
1: factual. He appears in a crowd scene randomly, and then is in this film as a proper part, and he is great.
0: He is great. He's really He's great. Good.
1: And so weird that like, David um is like the principal in the school. That guy, like who like nominated for an Oscar for Selma, did he win for Selma? I don't remember. But yeah, that guy is just like randomly in a little bit part.
0: You're the film guy.
1: So let's talk about an enormous amount of technical cool stuff. Okay. Shot in 35mm and 70mm. IMAX, no less. He used Huit van Huitema, the most wonderfully named cinematographer, and he's second for me after Deakins, baby. He's second for me after Deakins. His work on the Bond films? Delicious. Anyway, Huit van Huitema replaced Wally Feister, who is his normal DOP, because Wally Feister was a making Transcendence. Oh. Wah, wah. We'll replace that with an actual sound effect. No, no, <laughs> leave
0: that in there and yeah. then pump
1: it up a bit. is some bad business. But anyway, yeah, so he's <laughs> not doing that. Good. Um, because when you work <laughs> with Chris Van all the time, people think you can be a film director. Uh, to be honest, that film is nicely put together. It's just a terrible, terrible script and story, and it's got Johnny fucking Depp in it. Oh, right, come on. It's not good. Anyway, so, Huit Van Huytema rebuilt IMAX cameras so that they were handheld. Which is, IMAX cameras are like a metre across and like three metres long, right? They are insane. He made them so he could put it on his shoulder. So all the IMAX stuff isn't tripod stuff, it's Hoyt Van Hoytemer walking around, don't you use that lift music on me. No, no. (laughs) He's walking around with an IMAX camera on it.
0: This is actually impressive.
1: To the point where he 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 got it down so small that they could mount an IMAX camera on the front of a Learjet. So they flew a Learjet into a thunderstorm, so that all the, you know, the Ranger landing on planets and stuff, they could use real footage. This stuff, obviously, all reused for Dunkirk later. All the, all the Spitfire stuff. Um, so with that, which made just in decide for Dunkirk, it's a it's like a learjet flying along, and then on the front of the learjet they've like bolted on the front fuselage of what looks like a Spitfire that's got Tom Hardy in it, and on the front of that there's yeah, an IMAX bolted camera. Bolted IMAX <laughs> camera. And then they're flying around, with which Tom I assume at this point has
0: been reduced to the size of a GoPro. So yeah,
1: well indeed, it, it is insane. So um, a lot of the lenses and a lot of the technology was prototypes, prototypes which are now industry standard. But Van Huytimer. I think that's what people don't really realise about cin- directors of cinematography, is that they're also engineers. Like, they understand physically how uh, the mechanics You're of a You're about to get the lift music. Uh, but yeah, anyway. OK. So. They built the set. They built a lot of sets to minimise CGI. Uh-huh. There are as many CGI shots in this as there are in The Dark Knight, for example. Right? Which you'd think there'd be more. You'd think there'd be more. All right. Just as an aside. So... What they did though, they did the visual effects done by D Negative, yep. Double Negative, who won an Oscar, um, headed by Paul Franklin, um, who... Um,
0: there is an amazing aside in, and we'll probably talk about the book at some point, sure. there's a book called The Science of Installer, mm-hmm. uh, which is written by Kip Thorne. Of course, um, yeah. And he does say there's this amazing moment where he's like, I sat down with this guy who uh, was apparently from the VFX house. Mm. And we were talking about it. He was like, well, I'd do it like this, this, and this. He was like, do you think you can get your boss to sign off on it? And he was like, oh, we haven't been introduced. I'm the head of d Yeah, yeah, that guy is, yeah. So
1: so what they did was they made all the visual effects before they shot the film. So that all of the stuff in space, when you're looking out of windows and all that kind of stuff, is projected onto a screen.
0: So not composited in. No. It's projected. It's
1: projected onto a screen. So they're looking at that out the window but it's projected at, at at the pixel pixel lines of 5600 by 4000. Now just just because that doesn't mean anything to anybody. 4K, which is the new, you know, home visit, is 3840 by 2160. This is So a, it's the 6K? highest. So this is uh, 6 6 to 8 Well, oh, no, it'll be 6. Yeah, so 8 would be double. So yeah, so 6K. Um, so that was 150. So there were 750 shots in total, and 150 of those visual effect shots were just projected onto a screen, a very, very good screen, I would suggest, so that the uh, characters can actually interact with them. That blows my mind. It blows my mind. I just think it's so... Like, it's so... I mean, it's like the most advanced version of, like, low-budget, on-set... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, ama- it's amazing. So Kip Thorne actually worked with the animators um, to give them insanely complex equations for when they were visualizing and generating what the black hole would look like. So they didn't include the Doppler effect because it changed it from being like an oily like, weird lens of what the gravity looks through to essentially, like, a black, uh, a blue and black hole. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of the Doppler effect because did, it didn't look as visually good.
0: Because you don't get the redshift, so yeah. it literally looks like a, a bluish circle. Yeah,
1: indeed, yeah, yeah. So without the Doppler effect, you technically, theoretically, be able to see through it like a spherical lens. Um... So he gave these complex equations to them to create the simulations of what is called gravitational lensing, which is the yep. what well, light would look like trying to get out of escape that get, kind no, of
0: no, get round.
1: Get round, sorry. Yes, indeed, it's the ergosphere, right? We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Ah, I had to do are. a little bit of reading just because. Anyway, so um, he he gave all these equations to the animators, and the individual shots took a hundred hours to render, and every shot was eight hundred terabytes of data. Which feels a little bit amazing facty, actually, <laughs> but
0: that's per shot. You don't get that in this bit. <laughs> no, I do no, One indeed. star review. No,
1: indeed. But yeah, 800 terabytes of data and 100 hours of rendering yeah. per shot because he was giving them honest to god three-dimensional phys- physics equations that they were. These are
0: then, Einsteinian yeah, plus relativistic, relativistic yeah, yeah. mathematical models which they then have to make look
1: like good. They've look, they have to look like something. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So the other part of the visual effects which blows Magadair mind is that all of the spaceships aren't CGI; they are miniatures. There's obviously shots where they are CGI, like when they're in the by Saturn and it's like the rings in the background and they're the tiny, glimmering dot. Mm-hmm. So they made these models uh, of these three um, three ships, which are the Endurus, Endurance, which is the main one, which is built uh, based on the uh, ISS, which was twenty-five foot long, seven point six meters. Um, The Ranger, which is a little flying around one, and the Lander, which is the one that you said, where the fuck did that come from? The chunky-looking weird one. Yeah. Um, They're 15 metres long each. Um, And they were big enough that you could mount these stripped-down IMAX cameras on them that were then shot with a VistaVision camera against a plate of rear-projected space, right? They were on a six-axis gimbal rig, right, on a motion control system, so that all of those shots of the spaceships moving around so and interacting with each other. can see them spinning and all the Yeah, they can bit. move in on a on a. It's actually axis, happening. But it's actually miniature. Well, miniatures. They're called them macro-chips yeah, because still,
0: they're so big. They were actually spinning so, yeah. big ships, yeah, yeah, yeah. spinning so little ships. Exactly. Right, exactly. I'm just going to say, stick that in your pipe, George fucking <laughs> Lucas. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's insane. They physically made these models. I was reading about this the other day, and I was like, I honestly didn't think I could love this film more. It, it, it actually just blows my mind. So they've watched a lot of, like, IMAX space documentaries where so... Um, like the ISS, people, not a lot of people know this, but ISS has got IMAX cameras like bolted onto it, essentially mm-hmm. to do. Then they do these incredible IMAX space documentaries. So they watch an absolute load of these to try and mimic. So the shots in space are trying to mimic what those look like to make it feel as realistic as possible. Um, I'm be honest, I'm surprised they didn't go to space at this point. It's just, it's just insane. Would have been cheaper. <laughs> it's just insane. Possibly um,
0: a little bit more dangerous.
1: And then the other physical part of it is the the, the, or the two robots, there are three robots technically, because one of them is decommissioned and ripped apart, but Case and Tars, which are puppets. They're physical puppets, there's no C well the only CGI is when he turns into the Asterix and he like starts rolling away to save Anhap. Which is cool. Which is really cool. Which is really, really cool. But he didn't want them to be like like anthropomorphized, like humanoid type robots, because he said that would feel too distracting. So there was a big, big thing in this where when they were making decisions about the script or what, what the look to production design they kept saying that's too sci-fi that feels too we don't want data sat on the ship with them so these like four sections this rectangular robot with the two screens on I mean I love it I think they're amazing And appendages and they feel like shoddy enough they feel like they're made of like sheet metal they don't feel you know what I mean they feel like something that would be made as backup and field medics for the marines which is what they're meant to be it feels like some kind of we need to make a robot to support troops in, in the field. Well, we'll do it as h- half fast and cheap as possible, made of American shitty steel and blah, blah, blah. It's got a real. So that's made by Bill Irwin, who is a. Um, he is Mr. Noodles in The Muppets. Right. Um, and a, a puppeteer and a, and a voice actor. He's also one of the Carries in Legion. If that means anything. He's also Nate Haskell in CSI. He's a serial killer in CSI. Oh, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. But anyway,
1: so he, but he's very prolific, but mostly for voice work and puppetry and that kind of stuff. Um, now we come to my favourite part of this in the whole world. What do we know about the middle of America?
0: Uh, Topo- it's topographically. Full of racists.
1: <laughs> sure. Topographically.
0: It's hilly and has forests.
1: Right. It's incredibly flat, is what I was going for, but maybe I should have briefed you beforehand. Sure. It's super flat. No, that's I know why it's super flat. They call it like like the <laughs> Come on. They call it the breadbasket because that's where they grow all the corn and wheat and everything because it's big and you flat. You I and call massive. my breadbasket? <laughs> No, go on. Go on, go on, go
0: on. The, the basket we put bread in. Didn't nice. Didn't think it was <laughs> too hard to guess.
1: But no, so because it's massive and flat and they can plant acres yeah, and acres and acres. <laughs> 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 You're ruining my favourite thing in the whole world of this. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go on. So, where they're filming, they wanted to make a point about how they were trying to use every single acre of land in the whole world to go crops because it was all dying. So you don't typically grow crops on the side of a mountain because it's a bit of a pain in the ass to harvest. So he grew acres and acres of corn right next to an enormous, beautiful mountain range to make a point about how they were using all this stuff. The man grew corn for this film. When they were done with the film, they harvested it and made a profit. They sold the corn and made a profit. Yep. It's the best thing. <laughs> I love it. Man grew corn. It's so good. And they
0: didn't actually, to be fair, they didn't even make a profit by like merchandising it as interstellar bread. No, just, <laughs> no. They, they just turned out to be it's really gone. good at agriculture. It's really good
1: corn. Well, because when you've got a $165 million budget to grow corn, that like, gets you the miniatures, the rear projection, all the different CGI, the real, real relativistic physics, all that kind of stuff, they grew corn for this film. It blows my minds. I love it, I love it. So that brings us to the music, which was done by Hans Zimmer. As I said, I think it's his best score. All right. On the old um, 1926 Harrison and Harrison organ. Didn't have that written down. Any <laughs> off the top not of my, my head. No, not at all. So he was actually given a one-page treatment by Christopher Nolan about a, um, a story about a man who had to leave his daughter or his children behind to go to work. And he said, I want you to write the themes based on this, like the daughter's theme, the husband, the, you know, and that kind of stuff. So he wasn't even shown the film initially. Eventually, once he'd written that initial treatment, then he was shown the film and like became this enormous... Christopher Nolan said, I don't want strings, I don't want it to be big drums, I don't want it to be 2001. It's got to be different. It's got to be... It, it, we're already cribbing a fair amount visually from 2001, perhaps, so maybe we need to... I, do, I think the score is incredible.
0: Zimmer Th- does push back and there's one scene it's that first scene where they dock with the big ship
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: and there is actually and there's the spin and what have you that is straight out of 2001 and there was a tiny little hint of da 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 well that's why that's why the black hole and then he breaks it and goes somewhere else and I'm like oh you that's why the black hole is by Saturn
1: as well because that's where wormhole yeah the wormhole sorry yes that was why the wormhole is by Saturn
0: um Black Hole by Saturn will so, be some bad news.
1: Purposely, the sound, a lot of the complaints, uh, which I have been included in the one-star reviews because I'm explaining why and those people can fuck off yeah. and read a book, um, they, um, the, the music purposely overrides dialogue at points. Yeah. So I watched this very closely in the last couple of days and if you actually listen to the dialogue that they're doing, they're conveying it through acting and through context anyway so you don't, the dialogue isn't what's important. It's about feeling the emotion of music and that kind of stuff. I mean, the sound mix of this film is insane. Like I said, that scene where he's driving away, and you've got the three layers I mean, that the transitions into him. Plus the I into would spares. say, having
0: noticed this, because we noticed this, because uh, we watched this on a not particularly good television. I watched it on the, the 4K. Uh. <laughs> no, sound-wise. The right. dynamic yeah. compression in this film yeah. is off the... F- So I
1: put it on my speakers as opposed to through the TV and it's like Matthew McConaughey talks like this and all this kind of stuff and then the organ comes in and it's like Like, I was just up and down turning up and down the amp the whole time. But you've also got to like like the room was shaking. Yeah. The room was shaking with some of this stuff. It's it's incredible. But the cinemas had to put up um, signs to tell people. The sound's meant to be like that it's like in last year they when they had to put signs up to say there's no sound for this bit because there's no sound in space, right? That's the point of this film. There's the, not the point of this film. In space one no these... one can
0: hear you come.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm glad they cut out the masturbation scene. That scene where he's listening to the rain and the sou- the forest sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they then cut to the shot of the ship around like orbiting Saturn's rings. With the sound of the forest is insane. I mean, it, the, the sound design is is absolutely beautiful. as well
0: and There's some beautiful carries. There's some beautiful overlays. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's. And
1: given that the theme of the film, a lot of the big theme of the film is time. A lot of the music is actually 60 beats per minute, and there's also just out and out ticking in a lot of it as well. You know, I mean, it, which creates tension. You know, absolutely. Also um, like the watch motif. And yeah, and the watch motif, indeed. So yeah, no, indeed, it's wheels and wheels and wheels. It's it's like. A massively put together like art house movie, except it's what Chris, well, Chris Nolan does, isn't it? He tricks you into watching an art house film that's like
0: the, h- a master at the height. You expect it to be a blockbuster, but it's and it got is, fucking Matthew McConaughey in a no. space or no. he's
1: got Batman in it or something. It's like it is. It's that thing where like like in- Inception. Yeah, that was close. Inception is just a James Bond film, except also it's in the dreamscape. Right, it, moving on. There's like a. <laughs> there's like an arctic they attack a fort at the end on skis with machine guns and stuff it's the most James Bondian thing the beginning when they're in the tuxedos and he's sneaking in doing the safe at the cocktail party it's a James Bond film what I'm saying is let Christopher Nolan make a fucking James Bond film Carrie Fukulwaga indeed so let's talk about what it was nominated for everything yeah nominated for five Oscars best original score best production design um, best sound editing Best Sound Design, Best Production Design, Best Sound Mix, Best Sound Editing, Best Visual Effects. It won Best Visual Effects. It only won one. Only one Dean won the Oscar for, for one. Nominated for four BAFTAs, it won Visual Effects again, but was also nominated for Best Original Music, Cinematography and Production Design. I probably should have looked up what won for Sound Editing and Sound Mixing, but I think it would probably just make me fucking angry, if I'm honest. How this did... What possibly could have come out in the same time? Anyway, whatever. So that's it for production. A bit of a whirlwind tour. <laughs> Nolan is famously extremely secretive. So nobody really understands how they did the rotating corridor fight in Inception. Because we've talked about this we've before. We've talked about this before. But, you know, like, he's very, very secretive. So it's it's very difficult to get production stuff out of it? I mean, so this this is a bit the different The one thing I would add, and I
0: don't often have stuff to add, is there is, again, if you read the book, there is, uh, according to Kip, there were two moments where he got a phone call from McConaughey, right. who was fresh off, this, uh, fresh off the shooting of Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, which but is why he's quite gaunt. He was thin as that's and why said, as That's why he's so gone, yeah. Um, and he asked Kip Thorne mm. to talk him through the physics. Yeah, yeah. So that he could understand it. Sure. And then, like, a week later... He got the same phone call off Anne Hathaway. Really? Yeah, um, amazing. Who was like... And apparently, um, McConaughey wanted to just like mm. just start me out from the bottom and build it up, and they yeah, spent yeah. hours yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in his penthouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hathaway was like, well, I understand how this, this, and this works, and reeled off a whole bunch of fairly high-level <laughs> physics stuff. <laughs> so I, was like, amazing. I was wondering, how have you dealt She's with the relativistic person. time donation? She's an incredibly
1: <laughs> smart person, I think. It's just, yeah, that's quite... So there's um on the on the if you've got the Blu-ray or the DVD or whatever, um there's a science of interstellar documentary which is talking about this kind of stuff, uh, but it's Matthew McConaughey narrating it, and it is like ASMR man, it's the most soothing thing, him talking in the most soft. it's beautiful, it's beautiful, great for your sleeping and masturbatory needs. I would suggest, your personal, yeah, okay. you personally.
0: I mean I do traditionally the use the, the two at the you same time,
1: personally. You're the only person I've ever seen climax during Dallas Buyers Club. Oh god. What? <laughs> I had to get a dick joke in there somewhere. So that brings us to recommendations. Right. So if you like Interstellar, other movies you should watch. I, I mean, I've just got I've got a little list. The right stuff. Uh, yes. Which is incredible. And a lot of the visual stuff of the um, astronauts and that kind of stuff are... Um, Crib directly from that Like a lot of the reflections In the helmets And the visors And that kind of stuff I mean the right stuff Is incredible It's a formation It's about the formation Of NASA From test pilots so I know you know But in case people don't No it's fine no, That's why um, I
0: haven't said The rather snide The formation aware. from
1: um, Navy test pilots To to to. It's the, the X-1 of, um, yeah, yeah. And all the rest of that Breaking Mach 3 And all that kind of business Absolutely insane Watch it the film It is amazing It
0: is amazing uh, I've got a couple I, I'd say the, fir- the first man uh, Yes Yes Again, um, if you like natural stuff, although a bit on the nose. And Apollo uh, 13. If you, again, if you like Spacey stuff. If you spacey like Spacey stuff, stuff. I mean, obviously like 2001. This, uh, 2001. Yeah, yeah, uh, course, watch yeah. Watch The Martian. Yeah. Watch Gravity. Yeah. If you like black holes and weird shit that happens to them, yeah. then we said this is not a bit. Mm. Event Horizon.
1: Yeah, but I, I've got it on my list and I'm kind of annoyed you stole it from me. No, Sorry. no, absolutely. No, I just yeah. didn't want to finish on it. No, it That's is. It's not no, a thing it is. anymore. It is. But um,
0: um, what else have we got? Alien. Jesus.
1: There's a lot of bits which are very reminiscent of Alien, good, um, like the lived-in lived in space infrastructure, like NASA infrastructure, it feels very much like that. Um, and <laughs> um, just all the other Nolan's. Watch Inception. Watch.
0: If you want science, was people to. battle in spacesuits? There's the I've completely forgotten what it's called. The Sean Connery knockoff of High Noon. Pass. Shit. It's like one of the best films he ever made. We said two thousand
1: and one, yeah. uh, and then just for just for bits like this, like I say, I mean, just Chris, watch Christopher Nolan movies if you like how it looked. It's ridiculous. Oh, movies that are um, fucking with time because of gravity. Watch Sunshine. Uh, I know you're not a fan, but uh, but no, I I love well, that's, that. It, that's, right. a I, that's a Garland thing, not a yeah. problem
0: against the movie. It's just the man cannot write an ending.
1: Um, sure, fair. Um, What else? Outland. Outland. Yes, of course, of course, of course, of course. So, yeah, so just, I mean, there's not a shortage of movies. There's a new um, documentary about the Apollo landings called For All Mankind, which is amazing. I don't know why, but all movies that involve, that are true stories, like First Man and For All Mankind and things like that, Uh, there's From Earth to the Moon, which is actually a Tom Hanks-produced HBO uh, dramatization so it basically picks up where the right stuff ends uh, that's amazing all that stuff it makes me really weepy I don't know why because you're a big girl Strong men also cry Mr. Lebowski Strong men also cry
0: Stronger men know to carry a Kleenex
1: <laughs> so let's do our reviews
0: Oh all right you go first I've actually prepared out of five this month Oh what have we got out of five bookcases. Out of five black holes? Are there five bookcases, or is there one bookcase in five dimensions?
1: Ooh, <laughs> this is a very meta five star. <laughs> uh, five rectangular robots. Uh, Gone. Or five Dylan Thomases.
0: Five good nights. <laughs> five good nights. You do not go into gently into any of them.
1: Don't go gently into those five good nights. Let's do five bookcases.
0: All right. Out of five bookcases, five bookcases Michael. Five bookcases.
1: Five, bookcases. five, five out of five? Five out of five. Five out of five. I've got criticisms, but five out of five.
0: 4.8. Fair because eh? I do have criticisms so four bookcases and one science-y. slightly
1: shorter two shelves less yeah sure
0: because that's the shelf where actually you don't keep books anymore that's where you keep your trophies or so it doesn't really count well, as that's where thing. we keep our
1: trophies yeah. we yeah. are an all winning podcast um, but no that's fair 4.8 is very fair very fair
0: there we go. It's Bosh. amazing. <laughs> Watch it. I mean, you know, it's three hours long. Don't let that phase you. It does not feel play. three hours long.
1: Well, we'll come to that in one-star reviews. But those people are idiots, as always. So I mean,
0: I did say to you last night that. Um, um, no, I said to you today that last mm. night. Uh, my wife and I decided, having enjoyed Interstellar so much earlier in the week, we went on a bit of a space kick. Sure. And Gravity, one of those films that we recommended, is an hour and a half long. Gravity is one of the greatest cinematic experiences I've it's ever had It's very in badly life. scored, I realised, yes. last night. Yes, yes, uh, yes. However, it's 90 minutes long, and it feels like it's 10 minutes long. It's the
1: second movie I ever saw in 3D, in the cinema, after Avatar. And um, it is one of the most pure cinematic... Like I watched it with a, a, a friend of ours who is we refer to ourselves as the film wankers, um, well I refer to us as the film wankers, and it was like, wait, yeah. what's happening? Like if you if you've got a 3D TV and you get you can watch it, you should watch it in 3D because it is, I mean, it's and the insane. point
0: wasn't to go on about gravity. The point no. was that three hours, fair enough. Yeah, it does not feel three hours. No, no, it feels do. about feature length-ish. Pacing is brilliant. Uh, yeah. You're never bored. No. Even when they kind of want you to be, you like, And every oh, time, on. it's
1: one of those where every time you watch it, you pick something else up. So I've watched it a bajillion, bajillion times. But I picked up so much this week uh, of bits I haven't noticed before. It's so, it's got such depth to it. I just think it's, it's, a, it's a rich,
0: a sumptuous production.
1: Quite. Quite. So? So should we do the quiz? Should we have oh a bit of
0: fun? Rice. Let's have a bit of fun. I like the way you use the word fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, what was it last time? It was Japanese foods or Japanese gods?
1: Yeah. So this this week this this week, this month, it's a bit more straightforward. Spacecraft. Ooh. real or fictional. Oh hang on.
0: Yeah. It's a bit more of my wheelhouse. <laughs>
1: no, I thought it might be. You've and made um, this
0: incredibly difficult, yeah, haven't you? I have,
1: you? yeah, I have, yeah, yeah, I really have, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, so let's go. The right. quiz. Orion
1: three.
0: Orion three is an actual spacecraft.
1: It's from two thousand one and it is not. Aerial
0: spacecraft.
1: That's one of the ones that's in a book and the movie. I've tried to steer away from books because you're such. No, you're a right because it was Saturn V. So Orion oh, right. 3 is like the Pan Am one?
0: Yeah. You remember? Also from 2001 because you want to steer a clear of books. Yeah. You
1: yeah. Sure? No, I know. No, what I mean is I, that one is in a book because so I. I Alright, so one I'm, I was worried I'm, about.
0: I'm. The Icarus. That's from a movie, but I can't remember which movie. Is that sunshine? That is from Planet of the Apes. Oh. (laughs) The Mars
1: Express.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a ski lift. (laughs) (laughs) The Um, Mars Express. In some ways, that's so unoriginal, it could be NASA or what have you. I think that maybe... I'm going to go with that's real, and it probably dumped a probe of some form.
1: It's a Mars orbiter designed to study the planets, planet's atmosphere and geology. Searching for subsurface water, and it deployed the Beagle 2 lander. It was launched in 2003. out of the
0: park. Very nice. Very, very nice. three for two. Two for three.
1: The Daedalus. Daedalus? Daedalus. The Daedalus. The Daedalus.
0: Is that not in the sequel to the Planet of the Apes? No. Um, To be fair, that one could be real.
1: That is from the Clint Eastwood directed Space Cowboys. Remember when they have to send all the old astronauts up to fix it because the machine that broke is so old? That's amazing. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It is a
0: great movie. Keep them coming. Keep them coming.
1: The SSTO TAV 37B Space Shuttlecraft. The SS. SSTO TAV 37B Space Shuttlecraft.
0: Is that not the actual name for, like, the Columbia or something? It's the um, spaceship from Avatar. (laughs) Of course it
1: is. (laughs) It's James Cameron being a wanker. The Atasuki. The Atasuki.
0: Uh at this point I'm lost um, is <laughs> real it's the Japanese spacecraft that never took off
1: it's the Japanese Venusian probe launched in two thousand eight. it did take- it did Okay. Um, my, it, it failed almost immediately uh, it went out on commission and they didn't know where it was and then it basically it clicked back on one day and they were like Oh shit! So it missed Venus. They turned it around, flew it back, and then they flew it into the Japanese into the Venusian um, in, uh, atmosphere. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Also, both my, food and a god. My note series went to Venus and stuff. That's what I've written there. <laughs> Might have been phoning it in at this point. <clears throat> um, Genesis.
0: See, all I can think of now is Star Trek. <laughs> <It's>
1: the <rather> Khan, <laughs> yeah. rather the yeah.
0: All search spot. Um, No, it's not a real spacecraft, it's fictional. It
1: was launched in 2001 and it it measured solar wind samples. We've got two left. Four for eight. (laughs) (laughs) I've been keeping track. 50%! ah! Uh, The Juno. Juno's real. Okay. Um, What did it do? Launched in 2011, it studied Jupiter from from the polar orbit. That's it. It was in, It's intended to deorbit into the Jovian atmosphere after 2021, so it's still up there. And the Giotto. Giotto? Yes, the Giotto. I
0: um, <laughs>
1: don't know what no. I'm saying
0: right? It no, is real, it was not... launched in 1985, oh. and it was a
1: flyby and observation probe for Halley's Comet.
0: So I legit get 50%. (laughs) Legit
1: get 50%. I made that hard on purpose, I'm sorry. Jokes on you,
0: Mike, because you have a quiz coming up in the deep dive.
1: Jokes on you. I've secretly done a degree at the California Tech Institute on No, I haven't. Are
0: you insane? Jokes on you again. You spent three years studying for something that will not help you (laughs) in this quiz.
1: (laughs) I phoned them up and I got them to teach you wrong as a joke. Right. So there we go. So four out of eight. Pretty good. You know, five out of ten. Four out of eight. <laughs>
0: Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> right then, so should we do one-star reviews? Uh, yeah, go on. Let's get this over. I mean, with I can it. imagine there are probably people out there who don't like this film. <laughs> Loads.
1: It's Quite a divisive movie.
0: So uh, what we got?
1: Right. So, do we do we leave enough time for the jingle? We just cut it. No, To be happy. honest, it's playing right now. Is it? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. the cast It's very good. So the first one, Mrs. J.H. Millborough from 12... Really put a full name in there. 12th of Jan, 2019. It's an awful waste of time. It's so long-winded and dull and unexplained. She's from America, by the way. They love an explanation. Can't understand what the main character says 80% of the time. It's by design, as we previously discussed. It's a total waste of three hours. Dal dal, dal. dull, 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 dull.
0: Yeah, for somebody oh, no on, dull precious dull. about their time <laughs> yeah. She typed dull a, she type dull a lot She did type dull a lot
1: Hooper's Oak, 5th of September 2017 Hollywood does relativity And not terribly well
0: Ooh, a scientist
1: I would give this less one star if I could I like sci-fi, but I am a physicist Spelt Wrong <laughs> Could be a dyslexic physicist Read one book Saying as if it's saying he's a physicist. I can honestly say this is complete drivel. I'm sure they're aiming low when they make stuff like this, but surely there must be um, some other people out there who realise that this is nonsensical rubbish. Apart from not being founded in any sort of reality, please see our long conversation about
0: Despite a leading theoretical physicist famously being founded in as close to reality as you can possibly <laughs> get p- while still making a
1: movie. There's no plot. I mean, if anything, if anything, you could argue there's too much plot. <laughs> Finally, the dialogue was mumbled and I couldn't hear anything. See above. See above. I cannot believe I was so stupid as to watch it right through. No, no,
0: no, no, just stop there. I cannot believe <laughs> I was so stupid.
1: Stuart Gulliford, 30th of July, 2015, a real dunt. Long-winded and dreary. The filmmakers have broken the cardinal rule of good movies. No one is likeable. Uh, that they managed to make the subject of space tra- travel so utterly dull uh, is, uh, is, is a considerable talent. I'd also like to draw t- attention to the abysmal soundtrack. Well, I
0: mean, you're there's, no a moron. Account- there's
1: no accounting for taste, is there? I suppose
0: there is. You're a moron. There Amazon
1: Frank, this is really good. This one, this Amazon a cons- Frank. Uh, no, no, there is a conspiracy. Frank, twenty-first of June, twenty-fifth, twenty-fifteen. One awful film. Amazon has cheated me by putting up obviously fake reviews. <laughs> you know the great Amazon conspiracy to help Interstellar that would already make seven hundred million quid. <laughs> Sell on Blu-ray Admittedly I have bought it in three different formats But anyway This film is awful on every level Terrible acting Wrong Lousy sets, Wrong And a story which is completely illogical Wrong Had I read the reviews elsewhere I would never have bought
0: it And would unlikely buy
1: any other film from Amazon
0: Any other <laughs> film? Oh, yeah Right mate What you need to do is There you need to look up. 20 you more You need to look up it's, it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme classic It's called The Quest You're going to love it
1: <laughs> there, there are literally 20 more reviews by him for different Blu-rays after this, so...
0: Does he like anything?
1: He likes quite a lot of stuff, but... It, what do you like? He, do you know what he likes? It's 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 things like Men in Black and things like that. Uh, you know, the famously realistic and logical film, Men in Black. W. Hendry, 8th of April, 2015. Title of the review, one star. Review, what a
0: tale.
1: I think he just fundamentally misunderstood the one thing? star. He's like, one out of five, because one's the best? And Lucas E. from the 20th of December 2015, the only review Lucas E. has ever put on Amazon, recycled acting. And his review is copy acting all the way through. I don't even know what that means, man. Copy acting? What's copy acting? Isn't acting copying? Isn't that the point? It really annoyed me that all the people in this film were pretending to be someone else. Yeah, well, you're weird. Copy acting all the way through. So that's it. We loved it. They didn't, but they're idiots, and we know it. That's been that's been interstellar, isn't
0: it? That has indeed <laughs> been interstellar. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we do apologise. We'll we'll pick something lowbrow and smutty next month. <laughs>
1: yeah, don't worry. So, it'll be yeah. some kind of terrible video game movie next month. We just, yeah. you know,
0: we just felt the need to kind of like m- cleanse ourselves. We've done two on the trail, haven't we? The we've baths of decent cinema. A beautiful for a
1: bit. art house animated movie and then a beautiful art house blockbuster. Yeah, Make this. somebody do Predator or something. Oh, we should do Predator oh. next time.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, um, join us in two weeks' time, please. Yeah, if you want to, if you're not doing anything else, when we'll be doing a deep dive into the wonderful world of the black hole. As in, an actual black hole. Um, and uh, that's it. Until then. Okay, I'll fly the colours. I'm going around the horn. Okay, retro. Go. FIDO, Go. Guide.
1: Go. Control. Go. Calcom. Go. Jinsei. Go. Ecom. no, Surgeon. Go. Retro. Go. up, Go.
0: Guide. Go. Control. Go. Calcom. Go. Jinsei. Go. Ecom. Go. Surgeon. Go. Capcom, or Go for landing.
1: It makes it sound like a bunch of chumps. You
0: don't edit this one.
1: Fair. Or listen to it, so fair. <laughs> Do what you like. You can fart directly into the microphone for all I give a shit. I'm never going to listen to it again. <laughs> <sighs> you say meh. <laughs> motherfucker. This is my favourite bit. <laughs> meh. Anyway. So it started as a story treatment by uh, one Mr. Kip Thorne, who was a theoretical physicist. And? Uh, and um, Linda Orbst, who is actually a film producer.
0: Who's well known for such films as...
1: Scrooge McDuck takes Manhattan. I have no idea. Oh, God. What do
0: you want from him? You're the film guy. <laughs> yeah, do you I'm not know what the end of Yeah, uh, she made in Stella. Do you want to wait and look it up? Nah.